Welcome to the Edge of the Sticker podcast with Brad and Bobby Frank. Let's start with the recap on uh, where we were last week and congratulations on the World Series victory. That's a big deal. And uh, that was a huge deal. Admittedly, I only found out about it from watching videos of Ted Cruz being booed during the parade. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's a victory for everybody too. That alone. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you from the Houstonian perspective, it was huge to the point where they canceled school. Uh, the public schools were canceled. Court was canceled. Businesses downtown let people not come in. It was a big deal. It was exciting. Yeah. It was really good for the, the community, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And just the, the level of relief that I experienced when Alvarez hit that unbelievable home run to straightaway center field, 450 feet, to give us the lead was after we were down one nothing, we'd go up 3-1. Three, three that, was, that was pretty cool. So I had a good time. Good. You were not at the game, though, right? I didn't go to that one. I went to game two, but I did not go to game six. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really, really cool to watch. That's exciting. Good. And then, of course, uh, elections are over with. Results are not in yet. Well, they're kind uh, of over with. We still have – there's still the one that's going to be in Georgia. Georgia, right, the runoff, which – it's it's just astonishing to me that however many people, I don't know what the number was, but 49% of Georgians that voted, voted for Herschel Walker. It's yeah, just they, incredible. It was the big R in front of his name or after his name that they voted for, I think. Um, Unbelievable. The, the loyalty to party. Although, you know, I think it, it happens both ways. You know, yeah. at some point, you know, you, you vote for what you, you vote proactively for what you want, and then you vote defensively for what you don't want to see. And, right. you know, sometimes that ends up creating strange bedfellows. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's, you know, that's what's happening. You know, I had an interesting thing that I was, that happened on election night and I was very self-aware as it was occurring, but I didn't do anything to stop it. So I found myself being really anxious, like in a way that I'm not mm -hmm. very anxious ever. I just tend not to be a very anxious person. But I found myself just really on this this sense of it could all go to shit in the next <laughs> three or four hours. And so I ordered a pizza, which is <laughs> highly unlike me. You I were like, fuck pizza. it. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was, I was like going to eat myself. I, I ordered a pizza. I'd had these leftovers. I was looking forward to eating steak and mashed homemade mashed potatoes that I was going to have. I had that too. I had <laughs> the, the, the little Hershey's packs of, you know, the crackle and Mr. Goodbar and, mm. you know, those big things. We've got a bowl of those that I nibble on occasionally. Well, there was no nibbling that night. It was I just kept popping them in my mouth, and I knew it was anxiety eating. I knew exactly what I was doing, and I didn't care. There was yeah. there was not there was no conflict that I had. It was like I needed to do something to quell that feeling, and mm -hmm. it is, um, you know, a lot of times we we 
we at least put over the we put on the the guise of well i'll do better next time or okay this may not be the best idea but you know there's always tomorrow there was none of that it there was <laughs> i had no conflict about it it was just completely go at it and, and eat it and so i just i i i comment on it because it's indicative of, of sort of when you get to that point where it really feels like you're all in and it's either you have no control anymore. It's, it's an up or a down. It's going to, it's going to work out or it's not. And you are along for the ride. And there is just this sense of resignation that, that was coming, but it was, it was mixed with the anxiety. And so I, I just, I just comment on it because one, it's, it was just noteworthy to see it happening Two, not having any guilt about it. And also not feeling like I needed to have an intervention. And three, to recognize that, again, sometimes we have these, these feelings, sadness, anxiety, worry, um, angst, uh, confusion, whatever it may be. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you have to identify and treat. Sometimes you can just be. And it's data about who you are and how you react and you don't have to pathologize it, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a terrible, horrible thing because it's a variance from normal. Sometimes it just is, and mm. we do have a tendency to try to diagnose very quickly and treat right away. When sometimes what you need is just to allow the time to pass and to get through the event, and then you reset and stabilize, which is what happened. I mean, the next day. I admit I, I felt like I needed to probably ride a little bit longer on the, on the bike than I would have or, <laughs> or, or be aware of yeah, what I had for dinner the next night. But it, even though it felt uncomfortable, you know, I figured out something to do and it didn't have any negative long-term effects and, and that was okay. So I, I don't know why I'm rambling on about it. It was just something that was that I was just aware of in the moment that was watching myself as I was experiencing it and just not caring. Yeah. I, I kind of did the same thing. We had all of our leftover Halloween candy, little packets of jelly beans. And mm -hmm. I just, I probably ate 40 of them, 40 <laughs> packets, each of which had seven to 10 jelly beans. In it. <laughs> and I, I knew it too. I, I definitely was aware of what was going on. And in fact, we didn't, we couldn't watch it. We just, we had... MSNBC on and um, watched for, you know, a little while. And both Teresa and I at about the same moment said, you know what, we just, we just need to do something else. We need yeah. to turn on a movie or do something that is not election related because a, there's just, there wasn't any news really. It was just talking the talk mm -hmm. and nothing was going to be resolved you know, in that moment. So we finally, we finally turned something else on. And then the next morning, I didn't even really check the news until mid morning, maybe partially just to put my head in the sand and, yeah, you know, enjoy that, that moment of being ignorant of the world blowing up around me. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I kind of thought in my head was going on. Um, but yeah, it's funny when you talk about stress eating and anxiety eating, there was, it was probably 
a month ago, I was doing a writing project for a hospital. And uh, it was on eating disorders. And mm-hmm. stress eating was a, was a big part of this, this thing that I was writing. And the whole time, I was just eating. I mean, I was stressed <laughs> out about doing this project. Doing project. And while I'm writing about it, I'm just like <laughs> gobbling up everything in sight. <laughs> and I kept walking downstairs to the fridge and getting more food. And, and it didn't register at that moment that I was doing exactly what I was writing about. But, yeah. you know, eventually I, it did kind of click like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing that um, we can be so aware and <laughs> and unaware at the same time. The intellectual understanding of it is high, but yeah. drawing or building the bridge between that and your actual behavior doesn't always work so efficiently. No. But, but, you know, I, I've had the opposite reaction too when um, during Hurricane Harvey, um, we were in the, you know, in the thick of it and watching the water rise around us and watching it and watching it. And um, we were, had taken us a bunch of stuff up to the, the second floor of our house, you know, that we didn't want to get damaged that we could carry upstairs and looking outside and seeing the water come up and being scared to look down the steps to see if, you know, if the flashlight was going to reflect water in the house. And, um, and during that time, I didn't eat for like 36 hours. I mean, I was so completely focused on just watching that and had no desire and neither did anybody else at home. Um, you know, my wife, the, and I guess, yes, Sarah was at home too. And my daughter was there and, and we just didn't eat and we were just completely like shell shocked and, and without, any it was it was a duck and cover and just huddle around and try to hope for the best and and couldn't even imagine preparing for the worst because you couldn't imagine what the worst was because you'd never seen anything like that so i've I've been on both ends of that spectrum with regard to to eating as a way of dealing with stress (laughs) yeah Uh, definitely it's it's a compelling and easy thing to do Mm -hmm. at any moment you know and we do it we do it a lot I mean, food is food is comfort. And yeah, you sort of forget when you're when you're doing it. We did a we did a, a nutrition program. You might remember that, like a year or two ago. Yeah, where it made uh, it made eating very mindful, and mm-hmm. it changed the way that that we. Well, it sounds kind of trite but you know changed our relationship with food i sound like the nutritionist that was running the program (laughs) (laughs) but mindful eating uh is pretty powerful when you actually are aware of what's in the food that you're eating and very deliberate in the amount of food that you're eating and when you're eating it Mm -hmm. you know it does kind of change it changes the way that you think about eating and whether it's for comfort or for fuel um is pretty powerful if you yeah. can if you can focus on the fuel part of it then uh you know you get a different kind of enjoyment out of it it's it's it you still enjoy eating if you're eating good stuff but you also enjoy the uh the challenge of staying within you know 
it's like putting a puzzle together, you know, yeah. you want to get X number of carbs and X number of protein and, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a sense of accomplishment when you actually are able to do it. And then when you lose weight as a result, that's like, that's the extra bonus that confirms that that science actually works the way yeah. that it's supposed to. So it is, well, it's really I, interesting. I've lived with, I've lived with somebody who, um, you know, uses food as fuel for the last 30 years of my life. Right. So I, I definitely see that. And on Tuesday night, what I was looking for was something that just would make me feel good. You know, something that I <laughs> like. Something, and maybe even something that I would normally deny myself uh, because I figure, you know, I don't need it. In, sort of in the way that you're talking about with mindful eating. But I didn't care about being mindful about that. It felt like if the rest of my world is going to be, you know, taken away, or if yeah. my understanding of the way the world worked was going to be um, significantly adjusted, then damn it, I was going to have a pizza. Or I was going to have <laughs> Mr. Good Bars. <laughs> I didn't care. Because Get them while they, you can. Yeah, because at some point, they just, that stuff may not be available to me anymore. <laughs> but, um, so how we comfort ourselves and soothe ourselves and uh, our understanding of when that's necessary and when we when we don't need it or, you know, when it's overreach, those are such individual questions and, and we all experience them differently. Um, I guess my overall message is that that doesn't have to be a negative. It doesn't have to be pathological. It becomes problematic when it, when you do it enough so that it does have a, a negative impact on your health, your weight, your ability to be available to people that you care about or your job or, or whatever else. But if there are times where, you know, you just have to take that break, that, that respite, yeah. it's okay to do that. It doesn't, it's not a horrible thing. Well, we sort of hold ourselves to that standard all the time. You know, a lot of people do, at least we do that, that standard of perfection or mm-hmm. of at least trying to always make the right kinds of decisions yeah. and you it's hard to sustain that 100 percent of the time progress yeah, it's not impossible to, it's impossible yeah. to sustain it for 100 percent of the time yeah but you can beat yourself up if you if you fall off the wagon you know and you order the pizza yeah you know the world doesn't blow up when you order a pizza no and as much as you think it might um if you can just allow yourself that that sort of vacation from the pursuit of perfection, it, it, it's like a vacation because it does, it allows you to, to unclench for a little while. Yeah. Um, now, you know, there are, there are clearly things that we're talking about food and, and, you know, somebody uh, it's unlikely that one pizza is going to derail somebody's life. But if, you know, you're working really hard to control your diabetes and this, you know, it's a slippery slope and you, you have the pizza right. which goes on and, and, or if you struggle with addiction, um, you know, it's generally not okay to, to decide to take a, a break from your sobriety just because it would be a vacation. Um, right. Because the, the negative downs, the, the downsides of that are huge and, and you don't want to have to go back through the, the cascading negative effects before you hit some bottom that you then recoup from. So continuing that, um, that commitment to sobriety on a moment by moment basis and finding a different way to be able to, to take a respite from the stress is, is important. 
so so what we're I guess talking about in a in a broad sense is allowing ourselves a, a little bit of grace for ourselves um, to realize that sometimes the the situation in which we find ourselves is four standard deviations above the mean. And at times like that, our responses are going to be, our, our normal and typical responses are not going to be adequate and we need to, to figure something else out. And sometimes that's, you know, bearing down and finding that adrenaline that allows you to, to pick up the car when somebody is trapped underneath it because, you know, you find this superhuman strength. And sometimes it's ordering a pizza when you normally wouldn't do that. Um, but it's, it's in some ways context specific and we need to be aware of the context and aware of how we bring ourselves into it and how it impacts us. And, uh, that self-awareness may not keep you from eating the pizza, um, but it probably keeps you from continuing to order the pizza the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, as you kind of come back from the extreme experience and get back into something that's more like a normal rhythm. Well, and the aftermath too is a piece of that. It's, it's kind of like a streak a peloton streak or any other kind of a streak where right you know you went for 300 days without ordering a pizza <laughs> and you just did it what the hell was i thinking and why did i order a pizza i'm the worst person in the world <laughs> you know it's easy to it's easy to go to that extreme too yeah, but you know what I found, and the Peloton is a, is a good example because part of what makes it, I think, you know, so valuable are the metrics and the 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 keeping track of how many days and whatnot. So if I look at the days that I've missed, what I've found initially it was yeah, like pulling my hair out, like how could I, how could I miss? I just needed to do something. But instead, I I look at it instead as a data point, like what was going on that day that was so unusual that caused me to break out of my routine. And there are big things that happen like that all the time. And, and yeah. sometimes they're small things, but mostly it's, it's big things. It's, it's events. It's life. Yeah. There was no way to do it because yeah, you're at a wedding or you're at a funeral or you're, um, have a big presentation the next day or, you know, you have COVID or, or whatever it might be. And, and so if you look at the, the steady patterns of our lives and then look at the breaks, you can, you have a choice. You can look at those breaks as being a screw up, or you can look at the breaks as being representative of something that demanded extra attention, demanded yeah. some kind of a variance because there was no way to do the normal stuff. And, and back to the idea of grace for a second, I think we give ourselves, we, we allow ourselves to live a, a happier, less stressful life when we realize that those times are going to occur and we accept them as part of our humanity rather than as indicative of our failures. And the, all of that occurs in the six inches between your ears. The way that you perceive that, the way that you contextualize it is under your control. And if you choose to look at it as a failure, then you're going you're gonna to feel badly. You're going to feel like you've screwed up. You can feel like you have to do some kind of penance for it. And, and it creates more anxiety. If instead you can just realize, yeah, this is... This is one of those times where there just was no other choice and allow yourself to be okay with it. You can move on and bounce really fast. The other way yeah. is, is a splat, not a bounce. And we much prefer bouncing. <laughs>